What's going on, everybody? I finally finished all of Jujutsu Kaisen. I even watched the movie. I cannot wait for the new season to start. So now I'm going to watch the new Demon Slayer that my cousin told me. Like, yeah, the, the new season's out. I didn't know the new season was out until he told me. But I'm going to definitely check that out. Remember, follow me, Punch the Mouth Official on Instagram, official underscore PITM on Twitter. Peace, guys. Later. podcast i'm adrian dude sean strickland's a bad dude i don't care what you think of him personally that dude is a bad man i mean he does say nutty stuff sure but other than that he's pretty cool and honestly i know this might be an unpopular opinion but i think he beat jared cannon here so i think he should be on a two-fight winning streak but that's only my personal opinion uh but these fights were good fights, man. Let's look at the card. Let's look at the card. And it was the main event. It was kind of weird, right? Because everybody was... I don't know if his name is Abyss or Abus. But for the sake of this podcast, we're just going to call him Abyss. Mago Madoff. Like I said in last week's episode, he seemed more of a stand-up guy because that's what his record showed. But that dude was winging punches, man. Like... After the first round, I'm like, if that dude keeps doing that and he doesn't knock Sean out, Sean is just going to, he's going to outpace him. And that's exactly what he did. He outpaced him. So we'll see what happens for Sean next. So it's Monday right now. The reason I'm doing this a day earlier is because I'm not going to be here Friday. So I'm trying to get as much stuff as done as possible because usually Mondays I spend looking stuff up, but. I don't have that luxury this week. If you guys want two podcasts and some videos, which is what is my, which is my goal, dude. Why can't I speak today, bro? Dude, I'm looking at videos of Bring Me the Horizon in LA. It looks nuts. Looks nuts. I'm unfortunately not going, but okay. Back to MMA. John Strickland's number seven. There's no number six because Paulo and Drickis are tied for number five. Marvin's number four, Jared Cannonier's number three, Robert's number two, and Alex Pereira's number one. I don't get why they still have Alex on these rankings if Alex is going to light heavyweight. Why do you have him at number one if he's going to light heavyweight? Tell me. Now when you see the graphic when he fights in August, you're going to see it says number one at MW, which stands for middleweight. Sean Strickland defeats Abyss Magomedov. Graham Dawson defeats Demir. Izumogulov. Michael Morales defeats Max Griffin. Ariane Lipsky defeats Melissa Gatto. Benoit St. Denis defeats Ishmael Bonfim. Osotan Rosenboisev defeats Bruno Ferreira. Alexander Romanov won. I heard Kevin Lee got sparked within a minute. Yep, it says 55 seconds. I didn't see that one. Carol Rosa defeats Yana Santos. 
Jordan Brito defeats Weston Wilson. Just he got choked, so is it that he got knocked down? I'm talking about Kevin Lee here. Is it that he got knocked down and and then choked out? Yeah, we might look at that one on the next episode. I think that's what I'm gonna start doing. Like, if I don't see a fight, and we'll react to it live because as long as there's no sound, they can't do anything to me. But dude, a guy to look out for. What what division is he? He's lightweight. Let's see if they're on the rankings. Grand Dawson's number 15, but he just beat the number 12 guy. Give him Dos Santos or Sarukian. This Grand Dawson guy is a problem, okay? I don't care what anybody tells me. This guy is a problem, alright? Because he was able to control that dude and he wasn't able to like get away from him or do anything. So this guy is a problem. I'm really excited to see where this guy goes from here. I'm going to keep my eye out on him. But going back to the main event... um. It was kind of iffy for Sean at first, right? Because he was um he was poked in the eye, and then he tells the ref and the doctor, "I can't see." And as soon as you start saying, "I can't see," they'll they'll immediately feel like stopping the fight. So I'm like, "Oh man, that's it. It's over, bro." But then he came back and he won the fight. Like I said, when he started winging punches, I'm like, dude, if this dude wings punches and can't knock Sean out, Sean's going to come back and beat him, which is what exactly what Sean did. So, again, going back to Sean Strickland, if Paulo's going to fight the guy that Hamza knocked out in another promotion, let me see if it'll give me the fight. He's fighting in Salt Lake City again. Like Last time when he fought Luke Rockhold, it, it wasn't going too well for him. Who's that guy Hamza knocked out? Let's see. Ikmar Ali's Karov. Yes, yeah, Ali's Karov is scheduled to face Paulo Costa on July 29th at UFC 291. This is the guy Hamza knocked out because from I never saw the fight, but from what I heard is Hamza was having a hard time taking this guy down. So he said, all right, forget this. And he knocked him out. So my point in bringing this up, if Paulo wins, they should set up a fight between Sean Strickland and Paulo Costa. I can already imagine the build-up to that fight. It would be hilarious. Hilarious. And then UFC 290 is this weekend. I don't know if I want to get into it now or until the next episode. Maybe the next episode. But I want to read something that I just saw right now. And this comes from a website called Marka. Hamza Chimaev was guilty trolled by UFC stars and fans alike over his long hiatus. When Hamza first appeared in the UFC, he was widely considered one of the scariest dudes in the entire organization. Almost nobody wanted to fight him because his sheer power was already scary. All his fights, this thing moves. All his fights have been victories so far in the welterweight division, but Hamza is also quite the wild man who has trouble following the rules and can't really stay in a single place without causing some kind of trouble. Even though this wasn't made public, Dana White actually gave Hamza Chimaev a break from fights for a while after his latest antics. Those who know Dana White well can tell you there are a few things he will not let go over time. The thing Dana White hates the most about fighters are those who jeopardize his business. Running an organization as big as the UFC comes with some major responsibilities. Fighters often forget that not getting the viewership they need during an event can translate to letting people go and those families no longer have sustenance. Dana White dreads this and will dismiss any fighter 
who puts that in danger. When President Ghana tried to make his demands, White felt he was asking for too much and didn't hesitate to cut him loose. Although Hamza Chimaev's defense wasn't equally terrible, he did get a break from fighting for what he did. I think this is saying that because he missed weight so bad. Online people are trolling Hamza Jumai for being away for so long from the game. They are teasing him and throwing low blows left and right. There are many theories, but Dana White will oppose any fighter who goes against his plans. We've heard the UFC president say that he wants Jumai to fight at middleweight. Hamza prefers staying at welterweight, but he is too big. During the UFC 279, during UFC 279, he missed weight by almost eight pounds. And caused chaos just hours before the event. He was fortunate that Kevin Holland agreed to fight him. And he was still dominant eating otherwise. Dana would have probably fired him right on the spot if Hamza Chimaev doesn't adhere to the script. He will be cut loose. And yes, following that script may also involve any conspiracy theory about Hamza's absence. I don't know about all this. Because if they're assuming that because he missed by eight pounds, the Dana's giving him a break. That's not what I heard. I heard it's because they want to keep Hamza for the Abu Dhabi card. Because they originally wanted Paulo to fight him in October, but Paulo said, no, nah, that, that's too long. There's some now switching gears. I want to talk about what Aljamain Sterling. Aljamain Sterling reacts to Dirty Little Weasel Henry Cejudo withdrawing from UFC 292. Aljamain Sterling has a message for Henry Cejudo. Don't talk the talk if you can't walk the walk. On Thursday, Cejudo officially withdrew from his planned fight against Marlon Vera at UFC 292, citing a tear in his right shoulder. But he does not want to risk exacerbating. Vera was understandably upset by the development. But perhaps less expected was the UFC Bantamweight champion's response to Cejudo's injury news on Friday. Sterling posted a scathing video on his YouTube page blessing Cejudo for comments made about the champion while he was retired. Henry Cejudo is out of the fight. The Savage. Remember that. The Savage. Texting Danny White saying, if that pussy doesn't want to fight, I'll take the fight. Isn't it funny how the roles are reversed now? This little savage is no longer a savage. Very interesting, Sterling said. For me, I call that being a dirty little weasel. You try to disparage my name in front of the fans and make it seem like I don't want the fight. Whatever, the fight wasn't that bad of a fight. So you should be able to turn around, guys. Telling you from experience, from a championship experience. Defending multiple times, it's very, very different. Getting ready for 25 minutes versus 15 minutes. Everyone wants to be this big, bad, tough guy and lie to the fans and make it seem... Like, he was in it to win it. Yay! But now, look, instead, you look like an ass clown trying to pretend you're something that you're not. You're human, bro. I'm human. I at least disclose up in front because I don't want to rob the fans of their hard-earned money. Because I wanted to check out my injuries and I fought you with my injuries prior to, to coming in to the octagon. So who's really the savage? Who's really built like that? Because clearly any man... Because clearly, my man, it ain't you. Following the Bantamweight title defense over Dominic Cruz at UFC 249, Cejudo retired from the sport for three years. But though he was retired, Cejudo repeatedly made overturns at returning, running down Sterling as a champion. The two ultimately met at UFC 288, 
where Sterling won the fight via split decision, retaining the title in the aftermath. Seguro gave his props, but the funk master is less willing to let bygones be bygones. I mean, when somebody talks as much smack as Henry Cejudo talked about Aljamain Sterling, I get it, man. I really do. I get it. I mean, I don't know if I would want to talk to him or be friends with him because he talked a lot of smack. So we'll see what happens. Although I do believe Marlon Barrow will be the backup. I don't know that for sure. He should be. The UFC probably told him, be ready. If one of these guys doesn't make weight, we'll make you and Sean for the interim belt, and then you'll fight. Or if Sterling doesn't make weight, what you could do is strip him and then make Marlon Vera versus Sean O'Malley for the title. I don't know. But I'm going to keep it short this this one. And then the next one, we'll talk about the fights because I got a lot to do this week, guys. So these podcasts might be short for this week. Peace, guys. Later. Deuces.